Hello everybody and welcome back to Chapter Tactics where we talk about tactics and strategies for both new and veteran players alike. Today we have the ones, the onlys, because they're both on the same camera today. We've got Bricky and Demeki. Hi Bricky. Hi Demeki. <laughs> this is the opposite of last time. <laughs> they don't know what, what we talked about last time. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit it in. I'll edit it in. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. It was some chapters and some tactics. Tactics. Yeah. 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 You know, a magician never reveals his tactics. These guys, yeah. you, I, I'm pretty sure. Most chapters, you just don't talk about it. How, yeah, I spent a few to hide our intro. Yeah. How many Mai Tais are you guys in right now? This one. I literally just cracked this one open. I'm yeah. stupid, Matt. We've been over oh, this. Oh, okay. That's true. That is true. <laughs> and then on top of that, we've also got the one, the only, Paul Murphy. Oh, so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dude, Paul, uh, if you guys don't know who Paul Murphy is uh, and you guys are listening to the FLGN right now, uh, you guys should know who he is. He is uh, one of the co-hosts for the Thursday show with Adam Camillari as well. Um, how's that going with you guys? I, I, dude, I love it. Oh, it's great. We got it. Dustin yeah. Hinshaw. We got Richard yeah. Behind the Scenes. Uh, mm -hmm. We run – so that's the show we do here on the Frontline Gaming Network where we talk about the upcoming tournaments over the weekend. We talk about the list you're going to see there, the factions you're going to see there, and sometimes we work in a little bit about how to beat them, how to, how to crack, that, crack the meta. Uh, it's just a fun time. It's basically – we do a live show. You can come join us live. Um, heckle us talk about you know what list you're bringing what you how you how how right or wrong you think we are uh it is a great time that we have uh each and every week okay oh, how about how about so in this episode we're going to be talking about like the u.s opens we're going to be talking about all that stuff we're going to be talking we're going to be going into a deep dive into the u.s open because paul you also do some casting for uh the u.s opens right yeah i hope we get to talk about that i hope we get there or yeah. whatever i do i do podcasting i talk about warhammer a lot and i love doing it like mm -hmm. this is one of those things i just absolutely love warhammer love the opportunity to talk about it love to play love to paint kind of you know all-around hobbyist and then also get occasionally to talk about it on shows like this and live streaming yeah so how, how's that been going for you uh because you did how what you did casting for seattle you did casting for dallas have you been casting all the u.s opens yeah, every single U.S. Open series, uh, myself and Nick Nanavati and you know folks mm -hmm. behind the scenes, really get, can't say enough about the team that runs the events. It really is an awesome experience, and then everyone that, sh that showed up. Uh, but talking about it, specifically the casting side of it, I think we've you know been able to show some tournament games of Warhammer in a way that's like you know really cool, and it, it's really cool that Games Workshop is, is getting back into this the tournament scene as, as things start to ramp up after the you know the time period that we have been in, uh, and and just basically showcasing the games. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, what's really interesting is that uh, you'll uh, if, if you guys are watching the video portion of this, you guys will see that uh, Bricky and Demeki are inside of the Dice Check office right now because they're actually uh, practicing for the U.S. Open that's coming up. Uh, what, the San Diego U.S. Open? Is that correct? Yeah, boy. SDO. Yeah, boy. Yep. Yeah. San Diego. That's, that's in like three weeks. So it's, it's June uh, 10th through the 12th. Yep. Yep. Mm. Yep. yep. Uh, we got two. We're, I'm running sisters, Demeki's. Doing his dangles, angels, dangles, angles. I'm trying to build a, a list that's super anti armor of contempt. Yeah, and he's building a list that goes really hard into armor of contempt. <laughs> but that, there is, it's the armor of contempt meta out there, really. So I'm, I'm like teetering on whether I think it's the armor of contempt or is it the rhino meta? Are we on the only the verge of the rhino meta? But I want to know what y'all are. I mean, look, I got you here. I got two armor of contempt enthusiasts apparently, uh, and then sisters is probably one of the Adeptus I think is one of the most skill intensive armies in the game right now oh yeah oh 100 oh. <laughs> like oh. don't stroke this guy's ego man he'll <laughs> i didn't say he could play it well i just wouldn't no, i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> oh oh dagger oh mercy's your ego then he comes in with a dagger no, I'm, I'm kidding of course they have they have like all they have all the answers but it's like how do you build it into a list so i hope we get to talk about what's in your list He's oh. got a lot of loaded dice in his list i can tell you yeah that. i do hey just roll sixes that's how you win warhammer yeah, yeah. it's or Place the six. Man, yeah, I, I, I would do that. Like Quinn's, like Quinn's Craft Worlds, Gene Steeler, Colts, and Sisters, like the four really kind of tougher armies to play. Um, and but you know, no one believes me because they're like, ah, Bricky's biased, and now I feel feel validated oh no it really is and yeah. you, you know miracle management you know you could you could you know i say this, this is one of the things we copy uh, cover on the thursday show and occasionally this other show i do called forbes the narrative is you know we talk about how you can completely skew your adeptus Soritas list in the wrong direction 
you know, you can kind of misjudge what you're going to see in the, in the, in the back half of the games. And I will say that talking about tournaments and seeing these tournaments, seeing the factions that, that, that we, uh, that we go down on the various shows and then seeing it play out. It, it's really cool how it all kind of comes together. This is a really exciting living, breathing meta that we're a part of. And, you know, you start to get to know the list, the players and everything else. So you talk about what it's like casting. I like, I'm a fan of this, just like anybody else. So it's kind of cool to see this all kind of c- converge everything that we do the hours of hobby the talking about it the list craft uh the the lore research the reading you know all this stuff the travel and then it all just comes to a head and see see what wins yeah yeah all all the travel man like i i think that uh for the san diego us open we're all going to that one because like it's like the closest one to us that as of right now it's gonna be the first us open that we're going to which uh i i guess leads us into the first question here paul since uh you know about this more than we do what are the main differences between the U.S. Open and like other tournaments? So a lot of big tournaments, and this is this the way it is. Sometimes it's just the tournament; it's just mm. the games that you have over the course of that weekend at these uh, Games Workshop U.S. Opens events. There are well, you know. Uh, I don't say first and foremost, but one of the cool draws is there's a fully, you know, fully stocked Games Workshop and Forge World store. Like there's mm-hmm. things you can get there that you can't get anywhere else, and including like limited edition things, things you can only get at events, and plus just kind of hard to find things that you may, you know, not be able to get locally or what have you. But then there's things like painting classes. You know, uh-huh. there's you know, world world class painters are there, you know, teaching some of the hobby stuff. There's things to do just outside of just the tournament itself you know and then like we we've been doing it to where we have like kind of social hours get togethers and trivia contest and you know just basically hangouts that you don't always get at just tournaments there, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more than that now it's almost more a convention than in a tournament yeah. in a weird way it's it's i really think it's getting there and i like that i kind of like the when you can kind of go and really like kind of steep in everything that is what we love about this hobby over the course of a weekend. And plus, you know, you get people from coming all over the country, but you get that at other tournaments. What's different is, you know, it, it has these other things attached to it that is just beyond just playing a certain amount of games, which by the way, just playing games is cool. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I can certainly sympathize and empathize with people that you come and get five plus games in one weekend. And sometimes that's more games than people get in a month or a quarter or six months or whatever. And that that's its own draw and, and tournaments, you know, I, again, I love it. It's in my blood. Uh, but I like I like the total package of these things. Bro, like playing playing five games over the course of a weekend, that's more standing than I do in like the course of like a month. Like it's, it <laughs> that shit that, that hurts, man. It's, so it's you know, part part nerd stuff, part fitness. Yeah, 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 yeah. You look at you look at Steven Box and I'm just like, man, that guy. What a good looking gentleman. I bet that calves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I bet all of our calves are starting to look amazing. Oh yeah, like from from like waistline down, we're starting to look really nice. We should start a calendar. Yeah, You've always been. <laughs> yeah, do a leg calendar. Just that's right. <laughs> only legs, only legs, only legs. That's only it. That's it. Legs. <laughs> only um, legs. Was favorite model by by our feet. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Paul, that's a different. It's a different calendar. Paul, Paul you've been you've been to a a lot of U.S. Opens. Tell me, and 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 I want I want you to be as honest as you can. All right. Which area during the U.S. Opens was the most competitive? Like, which one was, like, the most cutthroat? That's – okay, so cutthroat is – so you, talk about the style of tournaments of this yeah. of these types of tournaments versus other tournaments. So after game four, you actually kind of break into brackets. And so you have players that are, that are playing against you're, – you're playing at that point versus people with similar records, similar win paths, similar records than you that you have. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say it's, like – always like equivalent skill level or anything like that, but you're definitely playing as people that have a similar record to what you have that that weekend. And so it becomes a a different, a different type of match past that, uh, that point. But if I, if I had to say like pound for pound, because these, these, these tournaments do, they attract some of the strongest players, you know, the best players in the world and they, and they will filter up into, you know, into the top bracket or sometimes, you know, like any event, you'll have them kind of shake down into the other brackets. But I think like bracket for bracket, the, the, the strongest one might've been new Orleans. Oh, really? 
Really? Really? Of of the ones that we've had. Now look, there's been there's been like world class play at every single one of these. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and and, and also displays of you know, you come to these things to see people's armies. Like I said this on the on the live stream for the last broadcast. Mm -hmm. I never leave one of these things without being inspired about how to come home and do my own hobby. You know, I see something that makes me have a good takeaway of like, wow, I cannot believe that someone brought that. That is amazing. I have to try to put put my version of that on the tabletop, you know, once I get back home. But I do think that like just just just, you know, as far as like strength of bracket per bracket per bracket per bracket, New Orleans might have been the strongest to answer the question directly. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're a you're a space or what? You play uh, Blood Angels a lot, right? Is that I, do, I love Blood Angels. I got I'm, I'm never too far away from from my Blood Angels. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> so I'm right here. Uh, how's how's army? How's uh, Armor of Contempt treating you with your Blood Angels right now? It is glorious. Yeah, it is. It is one of well. I mean, come on. Like the, sometimes you just need that extra little bit. I, I like if I'm playing an assault army, I like to to push as many points as I possibly can forward to assault. And sometimes you need that extra round to get there. And the the little bit of endurance that the armor content provides you kind of I see it as almost like buying you half a turn. And sometimes that's all you need with an aggressive army. And, yeah. So it's nice. About to say, um, the the simple fact that Sanguinary Guard have a two up and with Armor of Contempt like that, just the fact that they have a two instead oh. of a three is, is everything. Yeah. It's so, so good. Fast and movement. I, I, sometimes you get to Forlorn Fury. Sometimes you get to Heroic into things. You know, it's, you know, mm-hmm. strategic uh, application of the of the angelic sacrifice. You know, angelic sacrifice. Oh, I love yeah. that stratagem. So cool. Yeah. All this is stuff is, it, it's like you're playing a momentum game. And so that's, you know, armor of content really helps with that. Now, don't get me wrong. It also helps the aggressive side of things. So, I, you know, things like Thousand Suns, Death Guard, and Grey Knights have like a complete new lease on life and just push them into like a, what I consider, you know, at least a half step up in whatever tier they were in before. But then you can't factor, you know, you can't uh, subtract the skill of the pilot. So, you know, well, well I'm sure we might get to that in, in part of the conversation that we have. Hey, I mean, I'm a love All right. Talk- to speaking of skill of pilots, let's talk about uh, Bricky and Demeki. What do you guys uh, how, when when it comes to the San Diego U.S. Open? How how have you guys been like making your lists uh, comparatively since you guys are you know um, preparing for Armor of Contempt and everything like that? Like how what 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 lists are you guys running? You you first, Demeki, because yeah. yours is probably going to take less time. Yeah, I leaned very heavily into Armor of Contempt with Dark Angels, so I have about what twenty Tau. Where's the Tau at? What happened to Tau? So Tau lost this thing called minus one AP while <laughs> month. So like, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, remember that thing I said about buying yourself another half turn? They lost a half turn, so half turn on this side, half turn on the other side. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that that, and I still had a I had a lot more hobbying to do with uh, with Tau than I do with uh, Dark Angels. So mm-hmm. um, Terminators are super easy to paint, especially the the bone color. Um, but it, it has about 20 total, uh, terminators that includes all my character terminators. So, um, the idea is, is that I am an unstoppable brick that just sits and collects points. You're just going to uh, score points. I'm just going to score points. I'm going to sit on primaries and you got to force me off. I've got the apothecary on bike, uh, Ravenwing apothecary on bike with selfless healer. I've got my uh, Deathwing Ancient uh, with the Relic of Caliban for the minus one damage. Um, I've got a Ravenwing Death Shroud for minus one to hit, uh, Bubble. I've got uh, my Captain. He's rocking uh, two Warlord traits. I forgot off the top of my head right now. I'm uh, sure they're the best ones. Yeah, yeah, they are, they are the best ones. Uh, I've also got uh, three Redemptors with a okay. and four Servitors to sit there and perform actions like the good boys. They that, are people forget about Servitors, but that's like like twenty eight points or whatever of of win game winning potential. Yeah, yeah. twenty eight points of do R and D do do banners. Yeah, <laughs> just do something do something <laughs> bomb. Yeah, when but, uh, uh, dur- during the team tournament, uh. uh one of our team members uh, was going to bring Grey Knights, right? And so for that, 
we were like trying to figure out what we could push into the list because like you know with gray knights you, you have like interceptors really and like your nemesis dread knight and that's pretty much it right um and so we're like what else can we put in here so we just put in like three squads of servitors and like he actually loved them because they just stood on points and did like absolutely jack all throughout the entire game but they held objectives people don't have enough yeah. it, they don't have things to dedicate to them it's like either i could put a few heavy bolters or you know or something into those things but then i don't do enough wounds to this unit that's actually doing the predominant yeah. amount of damage to me or scoring those points or whatever. It's it's they never have time to dedicate to them. It's it's a secret weapon in a lot of Marines lists that can take them. Yeah. And yeah. not to mention that with uh, ignore LOS heavily nerfed, you can't just plink them away anymore. You gotta really mm -hmm. dedicate Yep. And since people aren't even taking Ignore LOS as much anymore, like those things are, are going uncontested for at least like three, four turns. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I believe that they also get armor of contempt as well. So like <laughs> 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 which is so funny uh bricky what about you what's your list looking like um so i'm playing my favorite sister order uh the ebon chalice uh i particularly built my my entire army to make it so that if you are running uh any psyker heavy army you will probably hate me um the, the way strong right now i mean you're good you know you're gonna have to get through a couple mm -hmm. of those al along the way so uh Tyrion's included. I, I count Tyrion's in that. Oh yeah. I would oh, agree. Yeah. Tyrion is a big part yeah, of oh, it. Yeah. Um so Evan Chalice lets you pick two sacred rites, so you'll always pick the passion, because it's the passion. But then you can immediately tech directly into any of the other ones, or you can jump into uh the five of deny, which is insanely powerful. Um but Evan Chalice in particular lets you discard a miracle dice to make the other one a six. And because of that, I'm running a they also have a one CP stratagem for uh, four up, unmodified four ups to wound with flamers do mortals to a cap of three. So the idea of the list is you've got dominions in an emulator. The emulator pregame moves, goes up three mortal wounds. The dominions already jumped out. Blessed bolts, six mortal wounds. Triumph of St. Catherine's in it. At the beginning of the shooting phase, six inch aura. Every single enemy unit within six inches on a five up takes d3 mortals plus one to cat uh, plus one to the roll if you're a psyker plus one to the roll if you're a chaos add in some d3 mortals from a hymn uh throw in the enunciation of the creed which is if you allocate just allocate an attack with that relic it does a flat three mortals against psychers and then i took a special blessing that gives it a six inch or a blessing aura of ignore light cover very handy for the hour of contempt meta and then a whole bunch of retributors in rhinos and the like. Um, oh, wow. So okay. it's just dunking mortal wounds to a ludicrous volume and uh, a little bit of character sniping. Combine that with some great, I mean, you know, uh, I got the flamer seraphim. So every turn I am can spend a CP to put three mortal wounds on basically whatever I choose. And that against Terminators is incredible. Mm -hmm. the how, how do you stack that? How do you decide when do, to employ that? Do you lead out with that? Do you wait till that's the last thing that you do? Like, what, what's, your, what's your strategy there? It's difficult because, uh, well, I generally lead with it if I can. Most Terminators are three wounds. You can easily get three with an Immolator, 2d6 uh, Flamer shots, you know, four ups. That's not too hard. Um, but generally because the Immolator can move forward, turn one, I can get it there. And then I have a Paragon suit that has a Flamer. I can get that from there. I also have uh, the Seraphim that come down in a turn. They can do it then. It's, it's less about when. It's just about doing it every time. Mm -hmm. They also have a CP regenning uh, Warlord trait, which is very handy. And to me, you know, like the moving and shooting heavy with the Meltas are going to be on fours. It's a little bit rough. But the Triumph can automatically make a mer any Miracle Dice into a six. Combine that with Eben Chalice turning into a uh, six, and I have Simi Lockrams in almost every squad of mine. So that, I mean, I don't need to land a bunch. I need to land mm. two. Mm -hmm. And then I put 12 damage just on the board. Like How, right is, the armor, is the armor contempt something that you, you uh, then started to reconsider Paragon Warsuits? So they've all been, always been in the list, because I think that they are something that have just kind of been waiting on the, like the fringes of, of being able to just, just needed a little bit of nudge, and that, that, this might have been it. I think I think they're a lot better than Bloody Rose, personally. Um, the Paragons are more of a uh, what models do I have problem. All right. As opposed to like I'm, I'm not I'm not dead set on Paragons personally, uh, but I think well practice, you know, yeah. because that yeah. makes three yeah. damage. Yeah. And and you know Terminators are three damage, and being able to run up to most things and bonk it really hard with exploding sixes at all times. It's pretty good. And people forget about Zealot. 
like holy rage is one cp if you're near a priest for full rerolls to hit on the charge combine that with exploding sixes like that's that's nutty. that's devastating yeah, and that's also i have angelic sacrifice it's called suffering and sacrifice i have yeah. that yeah and also <laughs> i can just revive my character that was sacrificed like it's got options yeah yeah that's I like, pretty good it's it, it sounds like that you are just dealing just a bunch of mortal wounds, which is going to help you out against both psychers and just AOC in general. And, and in fact, like that's even going to help you against Tyranids because Tyranids, like they can only get like a five up feel no pain on one unit. Um, and like, you, you know, you're not dealing mortal wounds during the psychic phase either. So you're not being bothered by a shadow in the warp either. So you're just like able to just chunk things down that, uh, are pretty strong to, you know, yeah, hard, it's hard funny. to deal with. Yeah. We finished round one before before we went into the call, mm-hmm. and I killed three sisters, and I wounded <laughs> with a transport. I wouldn't game later to half bracket. Yep, yeah. which right. say which saved your dreadnought because I couldn't get to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, we you know, so, movement. So, so, get up. so let, 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 let's move on from here. We've been on this yeah, for a while, great. but I just wanted to. Um, as a little segue here, you know, we were talking about Armor of Contempt, and one of the things about Armor of Contempt that's super, super important is, like, touching terrain, getting that light cover to really push your value out of Armor of Contempt. And uh, I know that the U.S. Open uses preset terrain that GW did, or, like, you know, that GW uh, has set up. How has that terrain been working out for the season, and do you think that there should be any changes to the terrain at all, Paul? Uh, well, there hasn't been re- any changes really to this seasons of terrain. So we're in the yeah. new new season. So if you're if you're curious as to how to get into the series, or you want to play for the 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 basically the the um the finals, play towards the finals, which we can talk a little bit about that. Like the top seeds and or top top winners actually get uh, to come to the finals as part of the prize, you know? So that's one of the things you can come and compete for if you wanted to, but we're, we're in the start of the new season. We just had uh, Seattle. The next thing we're going to San Diego, which we, we, which we talked about is the, the 10th through the 12th. So if you're in the area, you know, come check us out. There's not just Warhammer 40,000 either. There's a bunch of kill teams. There's paint comp, you know, paint uh, uh, classes and, mm-hmm. and Sigmar and other stuff. So check out, maybe you put the link in the show notes as to, as to where people can check it out. But sure. on the, on the question of terrain is that, it there's been a lot of like thought about how the placement of the terrain and the traits of the terrain you know in ninth edition uh you know each terrain has rules to it you know that you can that and these have been predetermined you know by the organizers and they've been playing out to where different armies more armies than you might might think are able to compete on the tabletop and so by and large players that have used this terrain that have you know told me you know because again it, it, players love to talk about their experiences mm-hmm. let's just say that but they've been largely positive about the terrain once they played on it you know there, there's you can look at it kind of from the top down it looks a certain way but when you're actually playing on it it gives you a a, a pretty well-rounded experience on the table yeah mm-hmm. it's all it's also really nice it's a good change of pace because uh um for a lot of other tournaments uh they do like player place terrain player optimized terrain however you want to uh call it which is both like they're both really great uh ways to play the game like they both have their own uh specific like absolutely caveats, agree. right like they're so i'm a good. big also like the organizers you know get you they're doing they're putting all the risk they get to mm-hmm. choose how they want to like it's it's such a part of how the event is experienced and organizers should i mean far and wide big and small should be empowered to do whatever they want to to oh, do yeah. with any any aspect of their event including the terrain placement or yeah. configuration yeah uh so so uh for for the terrain that's set up at the US opens i know that there's like there there's four uh windowless um like ruins correct and so that probably helps out a lot for armies that are like very assault heavy uh, makes it so that they have to like get in and uh, um, they, they have like an extra, I see, I see Demeki and Bricky shaking their heads. Paul, I, oh. I see you also being a blood angels player. I also yeah. love the assault phase. So like, I'm happy about it too. I like it as well. Um, well we, we, were, we were building the terrain like GW and we didn't know they were window windowless. Yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's why. Like, so like, Oh, oh. I see. Mm. We'll, <laughs> we'll change this next time. Yeah. It, it's, it's something that you have to plan for because like, like, there's some armies out there that do 
uh, worse on like that type of terrain. Like Tau, for example, um, mm-hmm. it was a lot harder to play Tau uh, on a U.S. Open terrain layout than it was in uh, something where it was player optimized because you can create your own firing lanes. Whereas when you're playing on the U.S. Open, you don't have those uh, dedicated firing lanes that you can like kind of create for yourself. So how has uh, the the feedback been? comparatively like you know with that in mind like with uh people that want to be more shooty versus people who are assault like is this is assault more dominant during the u.s open things like that so just a comment on like organizers publishing what the what the thing is like what to Mm -hmm. expect at their events and so players kind of they know what to expect going into it yeah yeah. uh and so that you know some people you know if you're trying to get that 4-1 or you know 5-0 or you know 8-0 8-0 or whatever the event is, you, you you really need to explore, you know, what is published and, and play into whatever the environment yeah. is, you know. Yeah, always look at your uh, terrain so, packet for your terrain. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't surprise people when they get there. And so people have already factored that into, I think, to their list design once they get there. Mm-hmm. But what I will say, and this is, this is mostly anecdotal, uh, because, you know, you still got shooting armies winning. You still got, you know, you know t- tough armies and tough players tough pilots winning games they figure out a way to, to crack whatever yeah. the, the nut is. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that it, it, that players feel like they've got a fighting chance every single game they rock up to that. Mm. That's the experience. That's, that's the, the conversation that people share about this. They felt like they were, you know, it's always stories like turn three, turn four, you know, it went South, but I felt like I was in it kind of thing. Uh, that's the experience that I'm getting from a lot of players. Yeah, like mm. I, I, I haven't played at a U.S. Open before, but I have played on uh, U.S. Open uh, like maps with things like TTS, like Tabletop Simulator and stuff like that yeah. uh, because of like Tactical Tortoise, who, uh, you know, has a bunch of things for like uh, U.S. Open maps and things like that. Um, but it, and after playing on those maps, it is a very different game than what I'm used to with player optimized because like uh there, there's just like there's so much i guess like windowless ruins that it completely caught me off guard where i was like wow and you can still get got i oh, mean yeah, you know yeah. you you misdeploy you still you, you gotta you mm-hmm. gotta be a real you dedicated to that like everything matters you yeah. know to where, where your deployment is and you can you can yeah. still get picked off and but I, what i do like it is that if you if you, you really you know take some time to 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 really focus on like the lanes of fire and and having conversations with your opponent, you can have a much more interactive uh, first couple of turns, which I think leads to be, to better games mm-hmm. uh, by and large, like on average, you know, not all the time, of course, you can still have lopsided situations, but I think that this is contributing towards a more interactive first couple of turns. For sure. Now, Bricky and Demeki, you guys are playing on the U.S. Open terrain right now. You guys are practicing on it. How are you guys feeling yeah. about it? Because I know that in our office, we usually do like player optimize or we just place down whatever looks the most cinematic or whatever. So how are you guys enjoying player uh, uh, the U.S. Open terrain layout? Uh, oh, we're only around one. Yeah. So oh, okay, we're, okay. We're around two. <laughs> the jury's out. Yeah, the jury's we out. Do. What do you guys <laughs> feel about it in round one? <laughs> well, so we, we did add a piece in the middle. Um for because we're we're doing table one, yeah, we're gonna do table two, but I I messed up. The the, the sight <laughs> line of table one, the the center sight line's a little little larger than than we'd yeah, like. It's, it's full open. Is um, that the one where it's the four squares and you've got that kind of open? And depending on which to pl- which layout you get, like I will say, if you're playing like a Dawn of War layout versus Hammer and Anvil, it's it's a different experience altogether. Oh uh, yeah, we, we got the the two corners and the circle one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so it's a, it's a little it's it's a little it's a little finicky. Um, also, we deployed we deployed like most Harlequin players, everything behind a single ruin basically. Um, <laughs> makes sense. But, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, you, know, you, you get it. Um, I, I think the only thing that I that well, I generally see as a slight issue is the sheer amount of light cover because it's like a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. you know. But besides that, it it doesn't feel too different. I than, mean, it's, it's definitely a benefit for AOC. Um, the one thing, so the reason why we deployed the way that we did too is because we didn't know about the windowless. Yes. So things would be a little different. If so we, yeah, yeah, we definitely would have deployed differently if we'd known about uh, the windowless for the larger pieces. Um, other than well, that, what you're referring to is that the first levels are typically all like there's even if there's a window there that's been blocked out or something, and right, so it, yeah. it it creates uh, these the very uh, specific lanes of fire with the obscuring terrain rule in effect right yeah I, I i held my retributors back because i thought there were windows in there and i wouldn't want to put them on the on the table right and i think 
They would have been a target. I, 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 yeah, they would have been a target. I would have. That dreadnought would be dead to Mecky. <laughs> that dreadnought would be so dead. Uh, so, uh, moving on from here, uh, I guess like let's let's answer the big elephant in the room because this is something that a lot of people are like talking about. They're kind of worried about um, the armies that are you know very strong or you know strong, right? Um, <laughs> how how does the U.S. Open like deal with that? Because I know that this is like more of a GW sanctioned event, things like that. So uh, when GW sees those things, you know, it's a lot more uh, um, in their face, I guess, right? Uh, so, like, how, how does that work out for everybody uh, with the meta, like, you know, being as, I guess, uh, a little bit lopsided as of right now? Trying to be. Are you nice talking about like when like Tyranids are, are kind of yeah, know, basically about, like, very dominant right now? Harlequins were, were dominant yeah. for a while. Yeah. I I, I don't. So this is not like in a, in this. I just give you my opinion. One one yeah. man's opinion on this is that when you've got great players that that take the time to like seriously, they they know how to evaluate a codex and find the value in codexes like very quickly, uh, and that that end up making lists that become like the architectural you know defining netlist. And I'm using that like very loosely. Like mm -hmm. I netlist means nothing. Like if you can find somebody that has a list that you want to play and you're going to enjoy playing it and you've saved some time, then use it and have fun. Like you still got to put in all the hours of the modeling and all the effort and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um so we see some of these these lists and these codexes do really well, but they're also played by great players. You know, so it's it's when you, when you kind of add up everything, like, of course they're going to do well <laughs> at, at tournaments. Exactly. Uh, but what I, what I will say is that uh, the feedback, we have a very vocal community in the, in the feedback, not just from games workshop events, but from all events, you know, it, it makes its way to the, to the folks that would just really want to make the game better mm -hmm. for everybody. You know? So if I were going, if I were not taking what I thought was, the meta list, then you you absolutely have to put yourself in a camp of how do I beat the meta list. So you either have to be the meta or to beat the meta. Well, I guess there's a third category of realistically setting your expectations of how many games you're going to win that that weekend. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Paul, I uh, love you. But the, I love you, Paul. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's there's the best answer. I I, I love you. <laughs> the other side of it is yeah. that there's also the brackets, and so you know mm. you're going to eventually like say you take a you know a huge L in game one. By round five, you're going to be playing against people that have similar records and probably, you know, like similar expectations of the game, you know. So there's there's a path to, to a victory. You just it made it may be slightly redrawn, but there's still at events like this, there is still a path to victory. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that uh, just to reiterate what you're saying. Uh, we're not saying that like every army has an answer to like the current state of the meta and that you just have to find it because the truth is some armies just don't have any tools that they can reliably use. And in, in you got to roll those sixes sometimes. Yeah. You, gotta you, know, you just got to <laughs> Imperial guard. Hi. How's it oh, going? Yeah. 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 Or to your point, mir miracle, those sixes in, you know, every now. Yeah. <laughs> hey. So Paul, I actually, cheating. I actually have a question for you. So when it comes to preparing for a U.S. open event versus like uh FLG event, uh, what are some of the things that people should be ready to bring for, uh, for this event that they normally would not bring for an FLG event? That That's an interesting question because I, I honestly don't know that it's different. Um, I, I think that the list that people are still concerned about are going to be the list that people are, are concerned about. Mm -hmm. um, you're still going to see, you know, occasionally, you know, you got to worry about, do, do you tech for a flyer or do you not care? Do you bring a fly, you know, or an aircraft, not a, not a flyer, not something to fly, but you know what I mean? You know, do you, do you go psyker heavy? I, so what I think if I, can I make a, like a dodge the question a little bit and just talk about like what I think the general meta well, is. So, so, well, one yeah. thing, that, one thing I was, um, maybe, maybe I just generalized it too much, not list wise, but like, you know, helpful tools wise. So like I noticed that during the Seattle open, like uh, I didn't see so much of the uh, 3d six wargaming like objective marker. I saw like the coins. So like, is that, is that something that GW wants? Like, do they want you to use uh, coins for the actual marker when it comes to an objective or can you still bring uh, oh yeah! Anything that makes your game easier, bring the things that makes your game easier. Like you're, you're really, you know, you, you are like playing in a timed stuff. environment. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're playing it. Like one of the players, one of the players that did so well. You know, he had, he had a one of those like um, you know patches you'd keep na- or pouches you keep nails in on your belt for his dice. You know, you, you, like those kind of things to help speed. Like yeah, by all means, use that kind of stuff. I was going to talk about the the game that like playing. It's like there's a couple of secondaries that I think have become traps for people. Mm-hmm. I feel like can I, 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 can I talk about that? Yeah, 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 for sure. But what are they? What, so what are the trap ones? I think a. Po- Teching for a poor the witch is a bit of a mistake uh, because yeah. having having that pocket psyker uh, now unless again unless you don't have psychers and you, you you know that's then it's always available to you you know uh, but uh, teching like specifically teching for that oh my goodness I I have to have this in my back pocket when you can like even if you're a space brain you can, you can take like you know null zone null zone could win you a game you know like a whole a whole game uh, and then what I find for players is like assassination seems to be a trap. Yes. So I love it. <laughs> so those are things that if I'm if I'm going to events now, like if I had to say what a what a big shift from tournaments five months ago to tournaments right now is that those two secondaries, we, I'm seeing players more and more often not scoring those points the way that they expect to score those points, and so yeah. I think that that goes all the way back to your list design. Oh yeah, definitely. When um. For as as an example, uh, uh, you know, being a, a Harlequin player, I bring a lot of characters. I bring like six characters. I don't care. And like, if somebody takes assassinate, I love it. I love it when somebody takes assassinate against me because I'm just like, you're not going to get any points from me. I'm sorry, man. Like th- th- that that's not going to happen. And like, it, it's a trap. Assassinate, and I think I may have made a mistake. It's a trap. <laughs> assassinate is, a, well, is definitely a trap. Nothing. Not, not that it can never work out, but you're putting yeah. with assassinate specifically is you're putting a lot of power in your opponent's hands, and I think more players are figuring that out and figuring out how to to navigate, negotiate that secondary. And so, you know, it, you're playing. You know, we talk about you're playing against people with similar win records, potentially similar, like you know, expectations or or, or skill or whatever. You know, however you want to slice it, you know, they'll find ways to not. You'll be a tight game, and you'll be down six points. You know, yeah. so definitely, just, yeah. Like, thinking about that from a different way, I think is what is what's different. Maybe not from this tournament or another style of tournament. What is like different with Warhammer Forty Thousand from three months ago? Mm-hmm. I want to I, I want to do a little bit of a hot take here on another secondary that I think is also a trap. Um, and I know that people are going to get very upset about this, but I a hundred percent think that this is a trap secondary. Psychic interrogation, man. Like, dude, that that secondary, I still have yet to score past like nine points on that secondary. Like, really? Yeah, because against me. Yeah, five of four of my stratagems. Like, no way. It's uh, it was nuts. We saw it a lot at the team tournament that we went to. I heard a lot of people were taking it because they see the buff and they think, oh, this is better now. This is worth taking now instead of just better. Yeah, as opposed to now, you should run it. That, that's yeah. a good top five, like top five secretly zero point secondaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because like, it's the same thing as assassinate, right? Like, you know, when, when you're playing against somebody that knows that you're taking psychic interrogation, you're just like, you're not going to get any points off me. I'm sorry, man. Um, and then we're, like, we're on the other side of the map. Yeah. Or you just They're become high. an absolute Chad and you just run your characters into them and then kill all your own characters. So then they can't score psychic interrogation. Boom. Next level. That, that's a strong a strong move. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Celestine, mover 12. Uh, Miracle Dice of Charge, 12. Immediately murder Psyker. Like, what are you going to do? Kill me? Yeah. <laughs> Back up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Psychic Interrogation. Uh, so, Paul, uh, we talked a little bit about how you do a lot of casting, uh, and you've been casting a lot of the uh, U.S. Opens and stuff. It must be, like, extremely hard doing this type of casting because unlike uh, video games, right, like um, – with video games, like the information is really in your face. Like you can find out the information very quickly comparatively to Warhammer 40k. How do you get like all this information inside of your head? Like how many floppy disks do you have as like a backup to just pop that, that into is your a, head? That's a great question. So we have a great, uh, an awesome team of typically there's someone at the table that's helping with the information. Yeah, table and, boss, uh, right? Yeah, and it okay. makes you know some some of the stuff that you don't necessarily see. You know, they'll give us that information. Part of it is just lucky guesses, you know. <laughs> no, it, no, no. I, I can actually, see that. I can see that. <laughs> one of the games within the games that we do is is like I, sometimes I can just I read the player, like I can look at the player because they can't hear us, but we're, we you know, I can still see them, and I can I can tell when they're feeling like they've got to make a gamble, you know, or whatever. Then I look at the table and I figure out, 
what would I, if I felt like I was playing behind, what would I do right now to feel like I was getting back into it? And so a, a little bit of situational awareness comes into it, but, you know, ha having, you know, having the app with, um, with a lot of the rules in there, having a great team of people that are behind little behind the scenes you don't see on camera. Um, and, and then occasionally, occasionally we'll have the judge will, you know, be there and that will come get a download from the judge that just, you know, either had to make a rules call or, you know, get, did a read of the table or whatever. So we're actually get, getting information from, from off camera, uh, a, a fair amount of time. And then some of it is just, you know, fun and guessing and, and occasionally being right and that makes it exciting yeah because uh you you do a lot of the co-casting with um uh nick Nanavati, right yeah and so, he's brilliant a oh, great yeah. strategist like knows the game inside and out he mm -hmm. he also can look at the table and see like sometimes he doesn't even need the information from the he just knows exactly how it all played out because he's been in that situation a thousand times mm -hmm. would, you, would you consider yourself more of a it, it, there's a color caster and then what's the other category for a caster? Um, uh, it's the play-by-play -play and the and the color. Yeah, yeah. Would would you consider yourself more of a play-by-play -play or a color caster? I'm I'm whichever one has been uh, retired longer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, don't worry. I still play, That's right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Good yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I don't watch a lot of sports, you know. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I mean I, I still play. Don't get me wrong. I love I love uh, playing the game and I and I love competing. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know some of these larger events, I'm in I'm in the chair, and so you know I, I don't get to travel as much to these events. And and thankfully Nick Nick still does, and so just a, a great resource to have in the chair with me, and, and can bring just s such amazing analysis to the game and make it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know I think it makes a game that you're looking at sometimes not like not not a lot of activity happens, you know over a period of time. You know, we get to try to bring, you know, all that, uh, you know, maybe what the players are thinking from both sides of it to uh, the cast. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So uh, one thing that I, I really want to know here, and I want to know uh, your thought process about this and how you've seen other people tackle this situation um, with the new or with the the new way that you're playing missions, at least until, you know, the new book comes out. Right. Um it's kind of hard keeping track of your own points nowadays. Like, you know, you have your progressive objectives, you have your primary objective, you have your secondaries and everything like that. It's a lot of numbers to look at when you're looking at a score sheet. How, how did, how have people been like, uh, um, you know, tackling that problem? Because like, I would look at my score sheet and I'd be like, I can't read this. I don't know what it's like looking at algebra. Sometimes I'm like, what, what is this? Am I, I wrote this down two hours ago. I don't know what happened. Like, yeah, come on, like man. Am, am I in the lead or am I not? I don't know what's going on. So like, how, how have people been uh, tackling that problem? Cause I know that a lot of people still write down their scores and everything like that. Yeah. So that's actually the case. I think there's nothing. Um, if So what I, what I would say, like, I know this is like, we're not talking about, we're talking about a specific thing, but in, in, in general mm -hmm. is sometimes you and your opponent should actually be writing down the score because there sometimes is a difference, oh, yeah. you know, two hours into it, you're both fatigued. Let's say you're playing two hours into it in game seven, you know, you've had yeah. seven games. You've had, uh, what is that? I, I can't do the math right now. It's like 107 hours of Warhammer that you have, that you have played. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you can't be expected, you know, to, to be 100% accurate all the time. Your opponent, it's a, co it's, it's a cooperative game, you know, as far as like we're, we come to the table. And I actually believe this to my core is that we come to the table and we are sharing a cooperative experience. And I think that goes to the scorekeeping as well, especially in a tournament setting. So mm -hmm. you should be writing down, you know, what you do. A lot of players, what I've seen is they, they actually have like a uh, laminated score sheet. Yeah, you know, and so yeah. they they'll actually mark it down, and they just they just carry it from from table to table, game to game, and they'll you know dry erase it and then redo it or whatever. But I, but I think you should be in constant communication with your opponent about when you've scored points, what the score is, uh, and then you know talk about it at the end of every round or beginning of every round, depending on when the when the points get scored. But uh, what about you guys, uh, Bricky and Demeki? How are you guys looking to score your points? Because I know that when I was doing the team tournament on the second day, I was like, I'm not writing it down anymore. I'm going to use the ITC Battles app because I could see like the numbers like very clearly in my head, and like you know, I don't have to add uh, or anything like that. What, what what are you guys planning on doing? So what I do is uh, I have a cart that has the transparency projector on it. And a battery pack. Uh -huh. <laughs> and with my opponent, we write down our secondaries, you know, like it's math class. All right, class. We're going to be watching this video instead of learning today. 
you know that's how that's yes. how we do it. that's how i do it at least you know it's it's a whole experience i like to uh feel like i'm back in middle school or elementary school when uh i play warhammer so you know that's what i do all right so for an actual answer <laughs> um i i do use the itc battle app uh but i normally do like to print it out when i can i just mm -hmm. sometimes i forget um you know in a weird narcissistic way i feel like i use i can i'm okay with the itc battle app because you generally get a vibe of your opponent when you first meet them and you're like oh this guy seems fine everything's good like we, we could probably both just keep track on the app and it'll be fine and also if i if i rig it on the app like mm. that's gonna that's not good that's very very bad yeah. it's and, and it's and everyone's and the person's gonna know it's gonna tell everyone like, like don't obviously don't like don't cheat it's very bad no okay. everyone will find out well i mean back to seriousness a yes. very good friend of mine made me this great laminated sheet, Matt. Thank you. Oh, hey, you're welcome. Tournament, and uh, I lost it after the first day. <laughs> so yeah. the rest of the time, luckily, I had a pen and paper. Well, one and person was a friend. Yeah. Dude, hey, I've used it. I used it. On listen, all right. I just want to point out that during that event, I print, I printed out and laminated uh, a sheet of paper or like a score sheet for everybody, yep. and I yep. bought everybody dry erase markers. The first day. Somebody lost the paper. All gone. And and then people lost their dry erase markers. And I'm just like, guys, what do you, what do you guys Dude, do? I've been there. <laughs> I, 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 I love team events. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely it, love team events. I'm typically, you know, I'll captain some teams and I'll bring every, copies of everyone's army list. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, multiple copies. And then day two, it never fails. At least one person needs more copies of their army list. Even though they, I know they had spares, but they're all gone. Yeah, they're and all the gone. Team event... <laughs> Showing up and making it through all games is a is a gold star in of itself. <laughs> they, they treat the models like newborn children, but the, all that like mental energy for their for their minis is gone for everything else. So they they, they lose their tape measure, they lose their dice, they lose their objective markers, they lose everything else <laughs> but their minis. Yeah, it's like yep. it's like they go back to being a baby and they they no longer have object permanence. Like they just <laughs> once it's out of their line of sight, they're like it's gone. I don't know what it is. Never, it never exist. heard of it. Yeah. Honestly, God, I don't even know how I lost mine. That's, that was the crazier part. Yeah. Cause I was like, where's my laminated sheet? And I was like, well, I got these army lists that nobody wants. So <laughs> I'll just use the back of these to take, to take down points. Yeah. Let's talk about a tournament. Let's talk about day one of a tournament. You know, yeah. sometimes you're seeing people that you, you haven't seen in, in three months, five months, a year, two years or more sometimes. And so it's like almost like a family reunion. So you've got, you get there, the game start at nine o'clock or whatever in the morning. Then you play till six o'clock. I mean, that's, you know, maybe not six, but you know, some period of time you played a lot of Warhammer and then you're hanging out along the way. Yeah. And you're you drinking beers, you're, you're, you're drinking uh, alcohol, you know, you have <laughs> there, there's stuff, you know, uh, you're having a good time. You're gonna lose something, right? It's, it's, it's an amazing happen. day. Yeah, like I, I love coming to these things, and is the vibe and the feeling, you know, oh, the whole thing is an amazing day. But it's still a long day. You don't feel it while you're in it. You know, it's like, but when you go, you know, I've, I've been on there the Tuesday or whatever, going back to work. It's like, man, I wish I was rolling dice right now. But then you're like, oh, that was a long day. You know, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you get you get it too, because we're tall. The amount yeah. of bending over, like Dude. that, that wanes on you. Your lower right. back is yeah. is ooh. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. I'm after the the last tournament that Matt and I just went to, I was like, bro, my legs are killing me. Oh yeah. Like oh yeah. I'm done. Don't don't skimp out on the back squats. You gotta you gotta keep it going or else it's for Warhammer. Appearance means nothing. I'm gonna bring my massage. Like how to do how to do these tournaments. You need like protein not protein bars, but you know, at least something with a little protein in it. You need to drink plenty plenty of water, you know, like Especially as we get a little advanced in uh, in years. Listen, all right. Me meanwhile, during that tournament, I was I was just like going ham because uh, I am short. So the table sizes, I'm like, you guys' backs are hurting. Come on, man. Come on, son. Oh, what are you guys doing? Quit. I want to hear nothing. <laughs> no, I, actually, I was going to mention real quick um, on a side up for a prior topic we mentioned about like things to bring. Uh, I, fought, I remember fighting that uh, t uh, game against Logan of Xenos Petting Zoo yeah, with his free boot of orcs. Yeah. Yes, and he just slaughtered me. Uh, but particularly what he did was he had these little coins that he would place next to every single unit that has already shot in his movement phase yep. or his shooting phase so he knows what has shot already and where to go. But him and almost every single one of his co like colleagues all brought a yoga mat. Oh, and yeah. they put it oh, right, nice. right next to the Professionals. thing. To help their feet, and I did it once, and it it, it is actually life changing. If you can afford Warhammer, get a yoga mat. It's I, it's I, everything. I oh, if, you, if you go to Harbor Freight, 
you know, like one of those, uh, the discount stores or whatever, you can get the, you know, four sections of, of formats for dirt cheap. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. It's, it's amazing on the feet. It's a world. Of difference. You guys, Obviously good. But you guys do know that inside the office, you guys look at the exit, like the door there are, there's yoga mats there for your feet that you guys can bring. Yeah. There's two of them. Yeah. I, I know I, we're looking at them right now. Yeah. I only actually, I don't see them where yeah, I, we use them. We use them for a while. Yeah. Like, we well, have they are. yeah, we have some. You guys can like, use them. Yeah, no, so it's like fire coming down from the mountaintop. <laughs> it's like <laughs> everybody kept kicking them into like the dice, the dice box. Yeah, so long before time. Yeah, yeah. See, there That's... you go. Easy, yeah. easy, easy. <laughs> All right, so um, <laughs> I can't even think of a segue right now because that was just so off topic. What do you want to talk about? Well, well I was gonna, I was gonna say um, what are some things that people uh can look out for so then they don't get DQ'd at a GW event. Cause I know that one of the problems with a GW event is that a lot of people and like, you know, this isn't like a, a slight to GW or anything at, like that, but uh, you know, some people can be scared going to a GW sanctioned event because, you know, they can be, you know, there can be some strictler type of rules in there uh, to get like yellow carded DQ'd stuff like that. What are some things that people can do in order to like avoid that? So, uh, you know, I think we, the, the, as far as like the per perfect games of Warhammer, Warhammer 40,000, uh, are, are kind of rare. I'll just yeah. say perfect games. You know, they, they, they are. Don't so they don't exist. They're uh, unicorns. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be concerned about that. I would, um, the, the things that I see people like really get, you know, quote unquote in trouble for. And this is so rare, though. I mean, I tell you, of the hundreds of games and the hundreds of players that interact with, this is a rarity. But when a player has, let, let's say, it's easy to say that a player knows they shouldn't do X, Y, Z thing, right? Mm -hmm. But let's just say a player has been informed from a judge that they shouldn't do X, Y, Z thing. And then they try it again in another round. You know, that's like a bad thing. Everyone knows. We can all agree that that's yeah. bad. You know, <laughs> um, if um, if you bought your, you know, your, your dice from a sketchy, you know, Amazon seller or whatever, like, <laughs> If it looks weird, don't bring it, you know, like it's one of those things, you know, mm -hmm. but these things just basically never happen. You know, it's, it's, um, um, you know, what you, what you find is, is that almost everyone that, that comes to these things and I'm talking about like to the 99.999% wants to have a good time. Yeah. They, this game as much as you do. So like the, the intentional things like that are so rare, but I think that's what you should really be on the lookout for. Uh, if, even if like in your home, let's, let's go, let's, let's remove any kind of intent from it is that if your home store plays a certain way and you find out that that's not the way the lay of the land is for wherever you're going, you have to conform to the, the lay of the land. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it was published in advance, but let's just say you had to get a judge interaction and the judge asked you to do it a certain way. That's the way they're playing it. That's what you got to go with, you know? And then that's, I think that's like the biggest thing to maybe if you're, if you're coming to one of these things from, and this is your first time, your, uh, your house rules might not apply and your house rules could be your store rules or whatever, you know, but yeah. uh, whoever, you know, you have to kind of conform to what the way, and that's a frontline game. And that's, that's any tournament you go to, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they may have their own, um, you know, like the way, way, the way, way, the way we work. do things around. Yeah. Yeah. Conduct. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, conversions and stuff like make sure it's sanctioned, like, like send an email and be like, Hey, yeah, that's what cool. I was going to, that's what I was going to touch on right now was just about that. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bricky. What were you going to say? The oh, I was just saying like, like for example, my night Lords are, are 50% different types of printed stuff, you know, conversions. Cause you know, I really want to night Lords them up, but you know, because you know, and I always send the email to the people over at FLG. Say, hey, is this cool? The bases are all the same size. The whole thing. Make sure. But you know, I want to you know make sure I'm not bringing them to SDO. But if I was to bring them to SDO, you know, make sure like, okay, hey, well in advance, make sure that this is acceptable because you don't want to put the email out a week before and then realize that X or Y is not acceptable, and then you're like, oh, well, now I need to go either go buy something out right now or completely redo what my plan was. You got about yeah. 15 hours of more hobby time or whatever. Yeah. I will just, this is, again, this is one of those truisms that anybody who's running in a, tur a tournament wants you to have a good time, you know, so you know, they're running this pro because probably they care about the good time of others. They want to they want to share some a bit of, of their version of Warhammer 40,000 out with whoever they can they comes to attend or whatever uh and, and that's part of it like the so 
most if that type of stuff, I, I look at it as I'm a gamer, you know, first or whatever, you know, so I look at it as communicating with your opponent. And so that pre-check of, of whether or not, you know, it's good to bring it or not is, is probably also to avoid some communication issues, maybe with an opponent across the table. You know, they want to have a chance to review it before it maybe turns into a situation later on when it really matters. Like if you're playing for some, you know, top bracket prize or whatever and there and then it becomes an issue you don't want that to be the case you want it to have solved well before you even set foot on the the, the grounds and roll any, any die whatsoever oh, lucky for us we're not going to be playing for top bracket prize <laughs> <laughs> you, you could be an a bracket you know it, it might be you know the the sixth bracket but it's still you know yeah, whatever not, it's the glory saying, yeah he's not saying the top of the bracket he's just saying that you're in a bracket it could be the bottom <laughs> bracket here Ricky. I, I got a place in the olympics it was yeah. last I just want to be that guy in the meme that's third place with the giant like bottle of champagne. He's like drinking it. I just want to be that. I like that. I want to be that guy too. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wants to be that guy. That that's what everyone should aspire to be like in their lives. It's just to be so happy, just comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Just just in the moment. All right, so uh, I feel like that we've been talking about this for a little bit, so we're going to start winding down here. Um, but before we end off, uh, what are the next events that are going to be taking place for the U.S. Open? Can you, like, do you know them, like, off the top of your head? Can you, like, spitfire them out right now? Yeah, I, if I knew the dates, I would absolutely tell you. But the next one coming up is, is the one is in San Diego. So if you're anywhere near it, like, it, it's worth coming to because it's not just the – the Warhammer 40,000 event. There are other events as kill team and, you know, uh, the, the narrative stuff, the open, you know, sort of the age of Sigmar stuff, the paint classes, the store or whatever. Like even if you're not playing, you can't dedicate the whole weekend. You should probably come by and check out the armies that are going to be on display. There will be mm -hmm. people from all over this country that are, that are showing up to, to go, that want you to see their army. And so, you know, it's going to be some cool stuff. Uh, so, so definitely check it out. There's also going to be Kansas city, Chicago uh, finals are going to be in uh, New Mexico. Uh, if, if I've gotten that right, I'm doing this from memory. So forgive yeah. me. I put a link in the show notes, if you don't mind, uh, hopefully okay. uh, and, and direct folks, because this is, you know, much like the, you know, the FLG events, I consider these destinations, events like you you mm -hmm. want to, to come to these things and meet people and you're going to see that's the coolest thing you're going to you're going to start to see the same people over and over again you realize you know like you know the, the people are it, it's a community it really is a community of people paul i got you covered i got you covered i got it up right now you want me to just ramble it yes up? please right. so we got the san diego uh u.s open which is june 9th through june 12th we got u.s open chicago which is october 6th through october 9th we got u.s open kansas city which is october 27th through october 30th and then we have the grand narrative in u.s open final in new mexico november 17th through november 20th i got the cities right yeah <laughs> and that's the and that's the most important part is to get the cities right uh, well, this is one of the neatest things. I, this is the first time I've been to Seattle. It's the first time I've been to San Diego. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, the, real? These, oh. these are excuses. Oh, dude, we'll show excuses. you around, man. We're going to show you around. going to have a – isn't the SD Open happening in, like, downtown San Diego, too? Like, next to the airport, right? Uh, yeah, I need tacos and burgers. And uh, No, we got to capture this man oh. and take him to the fish. Oh, yeah, we're going to take you to some nice sushi. We'll, we'll hook you up, Paul. Don't worry about it, all right? Nice. You're going to have a good Do time. Do we have the money for getting fish? I always forget. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. That sounds wonderful. But that's one of the that's one of the un, kind of unsung things about these uh, about this. Not only do you got the Warhammer to look forward to, you got the, the places to experience you may not have gone to otherwise. You mm -hmm. know, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Heck yeah, man. All right, so that is going to be it for this episode of Chapter Tactics. Thank you guys for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, before we end off here, Paul, how about you? Uh, plug yourself like to tell us every word that people can find you so i i run a podcast called forge the narrative and i do it's a weekly show I've been doing that for a few years and love it got a great cast great cast of folks we talk about you know kind of all range of wherever stuff uh, i post pictures on twitter at warmaster underscore tpm and on instagram on fights with dice i know it's different but i i couldn't i couldn't resist fights with dice you know it's got the double meaning that's a corner cool, i like it i like it what about yeah, murphy's law I think that was taken. I think that was taken. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> well, with some of those cool and, and not take it, but yeah, I, I post a lot on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and then you know, I got the Facebook page, but then you know, the podcast and then the uh, live streaming of the events is best place to find me. And, I, and look, I've really appreciated being on, like, y'all are amazing to talk to you. I know y'all do great work. I love, I love all the things that you do, uh, oh. and just honored to be here. Paul, Paul, I love you. I love you, Paul. I, <laughs> when, when, when we meet each other, I'm gonna touch you, not inappropriately, but I will touch you. Uh, a long and, embrace. Yeah, a very long embrace. Very long. Uh, Bricky and Demeki, how about you guys? Uh, tell us where we can find you guys. Murphy's Rules as Written. Murphy's Raw. Dot com. <laughs> well, come on. I had like a brain blast two minutes ago. Hang on. Let me let me see if I can get there right now. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, hi, I'm Bricky. Follow me at Bricky literally everywhere. Hi, I'm Demeki, and you can follow me almost at Demeki everywhere or the Demeki. But you can mostly find me on Dice Check. Sick I'm man. on Dice Check sometimes. Yeah. 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 Uh, as for myself, you can find me nowhere. You can find me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for watching. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye bye, everybody.